You're tuning in to episode 144 right here on RNFM Radio. Well, hello there, RNFM Radio listeners. Thanks so much for hanging out on the Pulse of Nursing with us today. We have got another exciting show for you, and I think a little bit more exciting because this is a wrap-up or bringing it all together because as you know, Keith and I were in Santa Fe, New Mexico together for the NMNA conference there in Santa Fe where we met with nurses and of course student nurses. This all had to do with legislative process, things going on over there at the Roundhouse. And because of the length of this show, we've got so many interviews that we wanna share with you. This is more of a journalistic style of a show today. We have several interviews that are spliced into our commentary today. So I'm going to move forward really quick here and bring on my co-host Keith Carlson. And Keith is also going to shed a little light on what happens at the Roundhouse there in Santa Fe. So Keith, welcome to the show. And of course, if you could let our listeners know about the Roundhouse, I'm sure that would be much appreciated. Sure. Well, the Roundhouse, Kevin, is the state house of the New Mexico state government. It's a round building, so it is colloquially known as the Roundhouse. And it is down there on Paseo de Peralta near downtown where all the government buildings are. And the legislative sessions happen there on a fairly regular basis. There's legislative sessions are either 60 days or 30 days in length, which is relatively short for lots of bills to get pushed through the legislative process. In that Roundhouse in the state house. There are offices for all of the state senators and legislators, and there's also the governor and lieutenant governor's offices and other offices related to the functioning of the government. As we spoke about in our other broadcast about the New Mexico legislature, it is actually the only state legislature where the senators and reps are not actually paid a salary. So. When they come down there to the roundhouse, they are working it. They are there for 30 or 60 days, working many hours every day. And that's where the legislatures meet and pass laws and or not pass laws. And of course, Now, the thing is, is that we just want to preface, Keith and I, because we were around all of this energy, and I love that energy, because we think when we are in, let's let's take the student nurses, for example, and and we have interviews with them on today's show, where we don't really think about the political processes that occur within our state, within that governing body, and, and really that have any kind of direct correlation with how it's going to impact our nursing license or our nursing practice. So, because we're just inundated with all of the pathophys and the farm and our clinicals and and everything else that goes along with, with nursing school. And so this is a great opportunity to insert yourself into that conversation, into that dialogue and get familiar with this process so that whether you are a student and you can be a part of that process and meet your representatives in your state legislature, or when you do actually become a nurse, you can still do the same thing. I just, I want to reiterate, as our listeners are are actually consuming this content and listening into this show, really hear what these nurses and student nurses are saying while they're here at the NMNA 
and heading over to the roundhouse and what their experience was like. Because again, it is very eye-opening. You can read this stuff in books, but I don't think it really gives you the depth, the breadth of what you need to know as a nurse to advocate for our profession. And speaking of which, and speaking of advocacy, we're going to lead off with Barbara Dameron. And of course, she'll introduce herself, but she is a secretary designate of the New Mexico uh, higher education department. So education is extremely important to her. And it was it was very pleasant speaking with Barbara. And she'll, of course, go into some detail about why education was so important. I mean, I think we know why education is important. But Barbara really kind of gives her spin on it, especially coming from humble beginnings. My name is Barbara Dameron. I'm the secretary designate of the New Mexico Higher Education Department. Uh, previously to that, I was a professor in the College of Nursing um, at the University of New Mexico College of Nursing, as well as the School of Medicine. So are you actually the only registered nurse in the, involved in the legislature at this level? Well, I'm on the executive side. I'm a governor appointee um, as a cabinet secretary. I've not been confirmed. I've just been appointed. I've just been here a little over a month, and we'll have my confirmation here at the Senate Rules Committee coming up hopefully this month. So on the executive branch, yes, um, I'm the only nurse that I'm aware of on the executive side. The legislative side has had some nurses, and I can't speak right off to what nurses we have there currently. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, it's, it sounds great that you are involved because, I mean, more and more nurses do need involvement in the legislature. That is for sure. And I know in Colorado, that's always a big push here. And I'm glad that in New Mexico, that's definitely been a conversation and a hot topic. Now, you're here uh, at this uh, event here, this conference here, the New Mexico Nurses Association event here. And what have you, what did you actually just talk about earlier? I talked about the governor's commitment to getting more nurses out into the field. Um, we have a very uh, bold and courageous governor who is very committed to um, understanding about the shortage of nurses and how we can get nurses into practice and into education in a more efficient manner. So that was part of what we discussed today. And based on what you've been working on there, how do you think that we or you as the New Mexico Nurses Association in, in here in New Mexico, how do you feel like we can reach more nurses to get involved? I mean, obviously a conference like this is extremely helpful and I'm so glad to be a part of this, but, but what you've been working on, are there some strategies that are in play to say, this is a great way that we can really reach nurses to get them involved? I mean, how are you accessing them now? I've spent a lifetime doing that actually. I've, uh, I've spent a lifetime getting nurses involved um, in our whole legislative process, uh, we're, we're privileged to be in a country with our, our three branches, the executive, the legislative, the judicial, um, and we're privileged to be in a country where we can participate in, in those branches. So for a long time, I don't have my higher education secretary hat on right now, but as a practicing nurse prior to this, I was very involved with getting nurses involved and understanding the legislative process, understanding the executive side, but understanding the judicial side. Uh, how a bill comes to be, um, but to also back up and look at the difference because we, as nurses, policy impacts everything we do. Policy impacts our patients, and we believe strongly that we, we're advocates for our patients um, frequently. Uh, so we need to understand that whole policy process and be involved in it, whether, again, it's, it's finding a sponsor for an idea that you have to get a bill going with that or to participate, um, to get involved in campaigns. We want more nurses running for office uh, at the municipal level, the state level, the federal level. We want nurses taking advantage of, of 
conferences like this, different fellowships that are available, all the different ways we have of pulling nurses in. Because policy is where it's at. It's so exciting. We're privileged as nurses to get to enter into patients' lives and to be part of their healing and the broader picture. But by bringing policy into that, we can do so much more. Right. And I, and I think, well, I was going to say, I think from a student nursing standpoint, Keith, and I didn't know you had the mic. So anyway, but I was just going to say from the student nursing standpoint, I know when I was in nursing school, I didn't think much about policy. It was all about the exciting things of like the real technical aspects of nursing. But as a nurse now, practicing nurse over almost a decade now, I really understand how policy is extremely important and how our involvement as nurses really needs to kind of come to the forefront here. And it does have to start with the, the student nurses. And I have one thing I wanted to add to that, that I'm hearing your passion about policy and obviously passion about nursing. So our hope is that you'll be confirmed, of course. Well, I have no doubt that you will be and that you can bring that passion for policy and the legislative process to nurses in New Mexico so that we can get much, much more engagement. And obviously conferences like this are really helpful for that. But having you in such a high, pri- in such a high profile executive position really gives nurses another vision of what they actually could achieve in their career. Thank you very much for your kind words. And yes, let me emphasize that. I mean, I come from very humble beginnings. Um, My parents only went to grade school. They didn't even go to high school. Um, But education was encouraged, you know, in in my home growing up. But that speaks to that. Again, we live in a wonderful country where we get discouraged sometimes. We see the different things. But at the end of the day, so many things are possible when we have the humility, because we, we learn so much from our patients. We're all nurses here. What our patients have taught us is amazing. So with that, and that humility and the commitment, we can do so much. And I, like you, in, in undergrad, the excitement was, you know, who's the most technically advanced? You know, who, who can do this technical thing? Is advancing in nursing, that's more and more excitement as we get all that. But I'm telling you, Policy and politics, two different animals, but go together, are so equally as exciting. And that's where we can make the big changes. We come from this place of wanting to help our one-on-one patient. And that's ever, ever important. We carry that in our hearts. But as we, policy and politics helps us to help so much more and to bring the voice of nursing to that. Right. And I think, you know, as it was mentioned earlier, and we'll, we'll close here with just with the Gallup poll and, and nurses being the number one trusted profession here in the country, which is really exciting. And I love to be a part just among that profession. And what what I really want to you know convey here is that, you know, with politics and policy, I think there's a disconnect. I think there's always been this disconnect and this sort of black cloud over it. But I think if more nurses get involved in that, especially at your level, and, and you do say that you're, you come from humble beginnings, and I did as well. And I think it is an attainable goal. I think it is a reachable goal for nurses, student nurses, to really think about it. And I think we as nurses, because if we are trusted and we in the public eye, then that will only help others connect with these legislative processes. Because, again, people love nurses. They connect with nurses. But politics, it's like, oh, I don't know. But if we have more nurses involved, I think we'll have a lot more engagement. Most definitely. In our training as nurses, how we look at the nursing process, our theoretical foundation, different from medicine, different from pharmacology, we have our own theoretical base. We have our, that's why we need, we're our own licensing board, why we need to keep that. We're complementary with other disciplines, but we come from a unique theoretical base where we look at things as a whole, we look at the processes, and those very skills are what work so well in policy and politics. Great. 
Well, you know, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us on RNFM and, and so much for this conference and what you're doing and spreading that word, especially with the students, because again, that's where it starts. Thank you for what you're doing. How cool, RNFM. That's wonderful. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. So, of course, powerful messages from Barbara Dameron. But next up, we have Ronnie O'Halloran. Of course, she'll introduce herself, Keith, as you know, and, and you spoke to her as well. And I just really like the fact that Ronnie has taken this opportunity to introduce her students because she is part of the nursing faculty and she is introducing her students to this legislative process. And again, the things that we read in books and are being dictated back to us in a lecture or, you know, in a lecture hall or, or wherever you are to hear this information, I mean, that's fine and everything, but to really get your boots on the ground and see what's happening in this legislative process, I think could be very exciting for students and really adds that practical information or that practical, that process, just like in clinicals, like we read and study and learn uh, you know, via our books or our tablets or the computers of that, how, how the information is delivered. But once we can apply that a little bit, then I think that that can give us a lot more, uh, you know, information to, to go from and, and really kind of catapult us into this process of really advocating for nursing and our license and our practice. That's so true, Kevin. And, you know, it's not necessarily about radicalizing the students, though you might get an odd student who might get super radicalized by this exposure to the legislative process. But we at least want nurses and nursing students to realize that their voice matters, that they can actually go to their state legislators, especially in this state anyway, they're so accessible, and talk with them lobby about certain bills, either for or against, and use their voices, leverage their voices as professional nurses or student nurses who are about to become professional nurses and make their voices heard in a way that can actually impact nursing practice and the ways in which we are affected directly in the ways that we practice by what happens at the state legislature. And then we can expand that out into the federal government and how they also pass laws that can directly have effects on patients, patient safety, and also nurse and healthcare worker safety. So this is a really important thing. And let's listen into what Ronnie has to say about bringing her students into the roundhouse. So we're here in Santa Fe, New Mexico with the New Mexico Nurses Association. And we're here right now with Ronnie O'Halloran, a nursing instructor at Northern New Mexico College. And Ronnie, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to speak with us. Sure. And are you a professor in the undergrad program at Northern? Yes, I am. Um, I am a full-time nursing faculty at Northern New Mexico College. We are an ADM program, but we also have an RN to BSN program um, at Northern New Mexico College. And you're here with, we imagine, a number of your students today. I am here with my group of students because um, they're here this, uh, for the Student Nurses Association. We really encourage them to do this as part of uh, what they call nurses in transition, because um, my group will be graduating very soon. So, yeah, yes. Congratulations. That's great. And are the students excited about being apprised of the legislative process and what this is all about? Well, they're just being introduced to it. Um, right now, uh, nursing school is pretty rigorous, um, so they're really in the thralls of getting through nursing school. And um, so this this is a nice little break for them, and this is we're really also training them to be professionals. They had to become very dressed today and be on time and stuff like that, introduce themselves, and they'll go through the whole process today. It doesn't. It's an eye opener for them to see 
how we are governed as nurses as a separate profession. So, you know, um, we always go over the Nurses Practice Act with them. And in each state, it's different. And um, as you hear, I'm originally from another state. And um, so, I, you know, I try to sell, tell them the differences, of, you know, in healthcare across the United States itself. Right. And again, we talked earlier uh, about sort of less of the bells and whistles of nursing because we do get really excited about the clinical practice and really just to kind of once we become a nurse, it's like, okay, you know, when do I get to do these IVs or when do we get to hang these meds or when do we get to learn, you know, really apply our pathophysiology. Um, And it is really great because politics, as we said, can be very off putting. And you're when you are inundated with nursing school, I mean, it is very overwhelming. Uh, And so you don't really think about the policy. You don't really think about, you know, these bills and these legislative practices. And so I, I think it is great that you're encouraging and the, ner- and the students are here, but encouraging that process because as we do get our license, you know, we pass the NCLEX and we get our license, then we do need to really become more involved. And I think if we can at least plant that seed right now for the students, then they will help carry that on because we keep saying that they are the future of nursing. Yes, as the president has said, nurses are the heartbeat of American healthcare. That's true, the heartbeat, the spine. There's so many metaphors we can use to describe what nurses are in the healthcare profession and also in the country as a whole in terms of what we hold in our hands in terms of the care of patients. And, and as you said, so the Gallup poll that came out in December, um, we are again the most trusted profession in the United States. Um, above everybody else, and um, it's okay to brag. Yeah, go for it's it. Okay. Yes, yeah. I will brag. Yeah, it's all right. I will brag. <laughs> you know, I'm proud of our students. I'm proud of every nurse. I personally am very committed to our profession. We are a separate profession, but we are encouraging today, especially with the new healthcare changes and stuff, is more collaborative work. And so, on a, pol- a pol- political base, is my students when they're in the hospital, they are learning a little bit of politics on how to how to maneuver in that system how to maneuver in that institution's policy, how to interact with other collaborative people, mainly physicians. And of course, every nurse learns by fire her first time that she says something wrong to a physician. Um, you know, and I have to sue them and play in between. And and that's one of their first introductions of politics is, okay, that's that entity. Now we're a nursing entity, but we have to work together for the optimal wellness of the patient. Collaborative practice. Yes. Collaboration yes. Outside the nursing that is the future of healthcare in America. Collaborative practice, collaboration, even outside the actual nursing practice that itself. What's one of the greatest takeaways you'd like your nurses, your nursing students and nurses to, to walk away from this conference today? What would you like them to have in the forefront of their mind? Well, to recognize that nursing is a very, it can be a very, very powerful profession in the United States. And we can be facilitators for for healthcare, and uh, that we do have a power, we do have a voice, and uh, we're the ones at the front line all the time, no matter what level of nursing you do, and um, we're the front line of healthcare, and so I want them to really develop or listen to an inner voice that can really, um, really promote optimal healthcare in the United States. Right. Yeah. Because again, we are on, you know, we always say that nurses are on the front line, but I do see where we really need to play a role in kind of leveling the hierarchy here so that we can really truly and honestly collaborate with it, with the whole interdisciplinary team in our clinical settings and in the organizations. So, and I think nurses need to step up. I need, they need to elevate their voices and say, I'm here. 
And I might be on the front line, but so are you as well. And we need to work together because ultimately the end user, our patients, our clients who we're serving, that's the top of the hierarchy. If there's any hierarchy involved, that's the patient. And we are serving them as clinicians. They are the center. The patient is the center. They're the center. They're the center of healthcare. Right. (laughs) Right. Good. Well, Ronnie O'Halloran, uh, nursing instructor at Northern New Mexico College, thank you so much for being with us here on RNFM Radio. Thank you very much. All right. And so next up, we're going to have Ruth Burkhart. Of course, Keith, you'll be introducing again. She is a college assistant professor, and she really kind of goes into the depth of the diversity. Now, I know on RNFM, we, I think, Keith, we try to be as representative as we can to be as diverse as we possibly can on the show. But obviously, we embrace diversity. We need diversity, not just the whole male-female thing, the men and women in nursing, but we also need the added culture in nursing. And we talk about how that is can be impactful for our patients who that we're, we're actually providing supports to. That's right, Kevin. And here in northern New Mexico and all over the state of New Mexico, Our cultures that are most heavily represented are what are called the Anglo culture or Caucasian folks and also the Indian population and the Hispanic population. So we have those three, basically you could say the legs of the citizenry here, the population, the the census of the New Mexico citizenry. And it's something that we are really working hard at in terms of diversifying the nursing and healthcare workforce because we want the workforce to look like the people that we're serving. So there are various organizations here in New Mexico, the New Mexico Nurses Association. There's a Native American Indian Nurses Association. There's a Hispanic Nurses Association chapter. So there is a lot of work behind the scenes and not so behind the scenes to diversify the nursing workforce. This is so very important in any place where nurses serve a population. You want to look like the people that you're serving so that we can be sensitive to their cultural backgrounds. We can understand their languages. We can understand the way they think, their folk practices, the way that they heal themselves outside of the mainstream allopathic medicine. It is so very crucial. And I think the work that's happening here in northern New Mexico is outstanding. Oh, agreed, agreed. And again, if we look at nursing as this canvas, I mean, we really want to add some color to that canvas because it is art. It is the art of nursing. I mean, sure, it is a science. And I don't mean just visually the color, but just the expressions, the voices, the approach, the, and, and everything, as you said, from these backgrounds and these cultures and religious beliefs, whatever that is, we need that color for nursing. We need that diversity because this is obviously a global profession and we are not just serving one type of client. We are serving many, many clients out there, patients uh, for some of you. And so again, adding a little bit of color to our day-to-day and to our profession is really going to just add to that experience and to really elevate our profession. So I encourage when you do listen into Ruth, really hear what she has to say because she really does break it down, especially her background. And she also does come from humble beginnings. So I think Ruth will actually better capture this than I will. So why don't we just listen to what she has to say? Over here in Santa Fe, New Mexico with Ruth Burkhart. She's a college assistant professor at New Mexico State University. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity. So you wanted to speak a little bit about diversity in nursing. So what is your message for us today? Well, I thought I would tell my story of how I ended up being a nurse. I'm part Native American. I grew up in South Dakota in the Black Hills. And um, 
as other people have referenced, I grew up with humble beginnings. I grew up in a uh, Sioux Indian concentrated area. Um, there were, I would say, some disadvantages socioeconomically for sure. But I think more than that, I think it was insular. And I was in the public education system, but there were some, there was a sense that maybe I wasn't completely a part of that. And being part white, I was also across culture. And finding my place in a professional world was difficult. I mean, on getting on that path and going forward. But there was a public health nurse that took interest in me and I would say basically mentored me and talked with me, I don't want to cry here, but talked with me about nursing and who I could become and how I could help serve. And growing up, I witnessed some things that I would say were probably the effects of a marginalized culture for certain um, paint huffing, alcoholism, uh, child abuse and neglect, and things like that that were very unfortunately were encroaching on the Native American part of my culture. And I didn't want to end up being a statistic, getting pregnant at 16, ending up um, in prison, ending up dead because of the, of the marginalization and the, the lack of that solid footing that I could grasp the educational opportunities that were there for me and do something about it. I, I witnessed a lot of suffering, I would say, within my community. And so this public health nurse helped me to see beyond the circumstances to have hope. And I basically survived those years because I had hope that if I can get through school and graduate and go to university and get my degree, I could not only do something different with my life, but I could make a difference for people, other people. And that guided me for many, many years. I hung on to that hope. The reason I'm telling that is I believe that there are many more people like that. Maybe 10, 11, 12, maybe in uh, middle school, even in high school, that if we can capture them as nurses and provide some mentoring to them, it could be through school nursing, it could be through an initiative. I know that down in District 14 in the Las Cruces area, we're working on a mentoring initiative with new nurses. The more we begin that culture of mentoring, I think we can reach um, more younger people that may end up bringing more diversity into nursing. But also it, it is that collaborativeness that we've been talking about that needs to change within nursing, to change that culture that we can collaborate and look beyond our present time even as what we're doing as nurses now that we are nurses and get out of our insularity and say, hey, I have a responsibility to bring up some younger ones to the ranks, whatever opportunity that may present. So I think I'm talking about a mindset change of RNs and also a change of organizational culture within nursing as to how we approach that. I, I agree with the mindset change. And I think that's something that Keith and I are always talking about here on RNFM is that we do need to exude this positive presence as nurses. We, are, we should feel proud to be nurses. I mean, there's all this excitement about, you know, when we're in nursing school and how like it's going to be great when we get into practice. And then sometimes we lose a little bit of steam because we seem to be hampered 
by all of these policies and procedures and what, you know, these monsters of the corporations are doing. But I think if we, again, tweak our mindset to raise our collective voices, and I know that's what Keith and I are going to be talking about uh, to, some of today and then even tomorrow here at the conference, I, I do think that we need to find our united voice. And I, I agree I understand that I'm a Caucasian male, so I should seem to be as most advantageous, but I did come from very humble beginnings. I came from a home and and statistically a divorced parents and my mother became disabled and we were on welfare and, you know, public assistance and things like that. And I was destined to not be where I am today, but I wanted to make that change. It was in me intrinsically. Like I wanted, I was self-motivated, but I also want to be able to motivate, like you were saying, we reach the students early and we get in those schools and we really tell them about the possibilities, you know, regardless of what statistic that or some box that they fit into, they don't fit into that box. We need to break that box open. We need to totally just blow it away and say like, no, go against the grain of what, this, what the statistics say that you should be doing and, and do this, you know, go against that grain, become a nurse, help other people, pay it forward. And, you know, again, just help us change that mindset as a, as a collective. And, and basically what I heard you say as well is once we become RNs, we get bogged down. We do. We can, and, but we don't have to. And I think if we can grasp the role that we have as nurses outside of our insular world, that gives us a purpose. And I have found, I'm also a therapist, I have found when people find purpose and meaning, it takes them beyond where they are. It gets them out of that insularity. And I think maybe people sharing their stories, I'm sure many of my peers have no idea that this is my background and where I, where I, I came from and the potential risks that were there for me having not, let's just say, having a poor quality of life and instead of making a difference, actually maybe causing some problems for other people because the risk factors were there. I would say looking back at my life, probably every strike would have been against me, every single one, for being able to even go to college or even wanting to or realizing that that was something that was an option that was, I should do it. So getting beyond that insularity, I think, is where we're at. That's an individual journey for each of us, but I would think it might start with grasping that I have a higher purpose and meaning to being a nurse than just living out my years in a job, trying to make a living, trying to get the best job that I can at any given time. I see nursing very broadly. And I grew up in a very collaborative environment, not competitive at all. So I know I probably approach this maybe a little differently than other people that didn't grow up like that. But from my worldview, we are all connected. And we have a purpose and meaning with each other. So I could never be insular. I think we now need to help other people grasp. Find your path toward making that connection with other people, helping them realize what they can become. Maybe they should be a nurse. That's why I'm a nurse. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that as um, the Mexico Nurses Association really pushes that diversity message that will get beyond the previous messages of we have to get in we have to be inclusive we have to get diversity it's really more of a connecting with other people as nurses realizing our purpose to help other people realize what they could become and that's what i'm hoping our message will do 
Well, that's wonderful, Ruth. And you're a role model for nurses of any culture or background or ethnicity here in New Mexico and all over the country and even beyond this country because people listen to the show from all over the world. So Ruth Burkhart, college assistant professor at New Mexico State University, thank you for being a role model. Thank you for speaking with us on RNFM Radio and thank you for representing that divorce. Thank you for representing that diverse voice and that need for diversity, inclusiveness, collaboration, and that collective that we really need in the nursing profession. So thank you so much. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. All right. So now I think this is really exciting, especially from the student perspective. So Keith and I actually interviewed two students, and of course, you'll you'll hear them introduced uh, in a moment. But what I wanted to actually start the conversation with or, or really get those feelers out there because you know what keith here's the thing i almost feel ashamed and and why i feel ashamed after meeting these two lovely students and well all of the students at the nmna conference there i was not I, i'm admitting you know for the first time i think i was not a part of my university's student nurse association and what I think that Tanya and Chacha, who, oh, I spoiled it there, but you know, they'll get introduced here in just a minute. But what I think that they have taken is, is an opportunity to already start that process, that legislative process, because there's pretty much a small scale legislative process in the Student Nurses Association uh, that you have at your college, university, or school, or wherever you are. And I'm actually, again, I don't, I felt like maybe I should, well, no, I definitely should have taken that opportunity to be a part of the Student Nurses Association. Now, looking back and seeing what Tanya and Cha-Cha were there to do to represent their Student Nurses Association, but also to represent nursing as a whole. I mean, they got a really good start there. And I don't know, were you actually a part of your Student Nurses Association? Did you actually have one? Well, Kev, I'm cringing at the moment because mea maxima culpa i also was not a member of my student nurse association at either of the schools that i attended in western massachusetts so i remember going to boston with the student nurse association to we actually went to the boston state house and lobbied our legislators so i did have that experience but no i did not get politically involved at that time i'm also perfectly ashamed of that. However, you and I are making up for it now. So let's absolve our souls of our guilt and let's listen in to what Cha-Cha and Tanya have to say. And you and I are making up for lost time by helping others learn from our mistakes and also learn from these amazing students who are doing great work here in New Mexico. I agree. Let's take this opportunity to not necessarily learn from Keith and myself, or maybe you are learning from us because we take mistakes is more of an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to do things differently. And Tanya and Cha-Cha did. So here's their story. So we're here at RNFM Radio in Santa Fe, New Mexico with Tanya Chavez and Cha-Cha Thompson. They're both nursing students at Northern New Mexico University in Española, New Mexico. So Tanya and Cha-Cha, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, and, and we are glad that you're here. And I think that I never had, I can just tell you being in Colorado and, you know, a student nurse, just like you were as well. I didn't have this opportunity to go to my nurses association and really kind of hear uh, language about the politics. I think, you know, we talked about legislation a little bit and politics, just a little bit, just barely touched on it. But I think you having the opportunity to do this today in person to meet, well, not only Keith and myself, of course. I mean, I got to brag a little bit. Of you course, know, yes. but, but the fact that you get to 
to meet some of your representatives and be a part of that process. Because I can tell you, and I said this before, it might not sound as exciting, but it's extremely important because it really helps promote your practice. I mean, so what do you feel like you got out of today? For me, it added a whole new dimension to nursing. I never really considered this. Like you said, there's a little bit about legislation and history of, you know, the legalities of nursing in the textbook, but um, coming here today and it puts it all in perspective and there's more, there's, it adds opportunity and gives me some drive to maybe be a part of the positive change that could be made in our profession. Yeah. And I think an obstacle really, as a student, I remember just being so overwhelmed because already just the intricacies of nursing in itself and the technical stuff there can be extremely overwhelming for a student and to say like, gosh, let's add another layer here of things I've got to think about. I'm just worried about graduating, passing the NCLEX and getting that job. But I think as long as it's like the seed that we can plant for the student right now to then think, okay, I just, just remember I'll get through pass the NCLEX, and I know you will, and you get your jobs and you start kind of getting in there, hopefully that seed will slowly grow and you will, as you said, uh, get involved in sort of the political aspects of nursing. I'm an advocate already and I'm an, ad I'm an activist. I work in a lot of areas and I spend... I spend some time at the legislature every year. Sometimes I'm on the outside holding a sign. Sometimes I'm on the inside visiting legislators, um, shaking hands, signing into the books, making sure they know what my opinion is on matters. But I really feel like this was a, a good opportunity because our program had everybody come. In lieu of a clinical day, we came to do this. And there are a lot of people that don't necessarily do that kind of thing and didn't have the experience with it. And this will give them an opportunity to think about ways that they can contribute to the process from that other side. Right. And we know that some will choose to contribute by educating patients and educating their community. Some will choose maybe like you to come to the roundhouse every legislative session and talk to legislators and maybe write letters during the year, anytime, even when they're not in session. So there's various levels and ways to get involved. Do you feel like taking the pulse of the students who were here today, do you feel like there's a percentage who might actually find this to be a crystallizing moment that they may be activated in some way? I think so. From the things that I heard from some of the students, they felt like they didn't, they didn't really know about this as an opportunity or about the, how many bills are presented every year that directly affect us in our practice or affect our communities. Or how accessible the whole um, process is. In terms of visiting your legislators or actually sitting right. in a, on a committee hearing? Right, just walking in the door and, and participating. I have to say, being not from New Mexico and having that ability to do that surprises me. Like, just walking through the door um, and just, yeah, having access. I mean, literally, like, seeing them in the hallways. Like, you saw some of your representatives just right there that we just ran into. Amazing. And, of course, this is New Mexico, so there's... Um uh, concealed weapons are allowed in the roundhouse. So you can walk into the state house with a concealed weapon. There's no security. You can just go into a senator's office. 
obviously there's more protection for the lieutenant governor and the governor, but you can just walk in off the street and talk to any legislator you like as long as they're available. At the beginning of this session, I actually heard that it's illegal to chew gum in the Senate or the House rooms, but it is legal to carry a concealed weapon. I was rather shocked and appalled. Well, and I think maybe some people feel shocked and appalled by gum, I guess, it sounds like. so. Apparently. I, I am. You are. <laughs> Chai, Chai, I appreciate that rule. The one thing is, one uh, profession in New Mexico that probably don't pack heat are nurses. Well, I actually have a nurse who works for my agency where I'm director of nursing, and she packs a 38. So there are some nurses out there who actually carry guns. I think it just depends on what kind of heat you're talking about packing. That's so. true. Well, And what shift you work and when you're leaving. That's right. You know, back in the day, I was a nurse delivering methadone in the inner city in Massachusetts, and I didn't pack a weapon, but I was cavorting with gang members and doing you know, doing wound care on gang members after gunshot wounds. And it was a very interesting process. So, you know, up in Española and in Santa Fe, you can run into all sorts of things. The Wild West. Yeah, but speaking of the Wild West and nursing and Española and Santa Fe, Chacha, what would you like to do after graduation other than just get a job? Is there is there something in your future that you are seeing now for yourself? Well, I'm a little older than most students, um, most nursing students. I'm the oldest one in my class, and this is my third career. Um, I thought I was retired, and, uh, and then I went broke in 09 like everybody else. And so I've been guiding up in Colorado, and, uh, and I'm getting a little old for guiding, and I wanted to do something that uh, makes me a better person, and I chose nursing. And um, I... I was I'm, the reason I chose nursing in the first place is I've been a, a wilderness first responder for a lot of years. And so emergency medicine is attractive to me, I think, but I've never worked in the uh, emergency department. So I hope to do a pre preceptorship there and then see if I like it. I really have no idea where this is going to take me. I'm just going to pass my NCLEX and, and see where, I, where, you know, it goes from there. But I, I really, eventually see myself once again being a nurse, uh, being an entrepreneur, and now with this degree, being a nurse uh, entrepreneur. I love that. What a go-getter. That's right. Well, you know, Chacha, and we also wanted to touch on student nurses associations and the support that's really needed there. And so I know you're passionate about it uh, for obvious reasons, because you're involved in your student nurses association right now. I'm, uh, Tanya's the president, and I'm the vice president. Okay. And we... The two of us are the most vocal. We're the obvious leaders in our class because we are loud and obnoxious, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes you have yourself. to be. It's, right. it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> and so the election process for us was pretty simple. Tanya, somebody said, Tanya should be the president. And Tanya said, okay. And I said, well, what about me? And they said, okay, you're the vice president. So that was the way it went. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love the fact that that passion just sort of exudes. I can tell that you're really passionate about it. And hopefully, you know, as we said earlier, we were using a hashtag, hashtag NMNA. And when we were over at the Capitol, just 15 users, and we got over 400,000 impressions just with a hashtag like that. And you're looking to build awareness about the SNA. And eventually you won't be a student anymore. You will be a full-fledged licensed nurse. And hopefully you'll remember those students who will take your places uh, and, and hopefully you can start 
building that awareness as you start exiting out of being a student and entering into the world of RN and, and beyond. Because of the way that tran- the transition was made to us, we, I think, feel like we need to follow through a little bit better for the next group and build in some structures so that so that our SNA feels more cohesive and feels like it's something that really serves the students. And it sounds like communication between the SNAs at the different schools in New Mexico would be really helpful. And it sounds like there's some talk about having more communication between the schools. Yes, there's uh, one of the presidents from one of the other schools has asked for more cohesiveness. They have a very active SNA. And so they were collecting contact information so that we can have communication between the different groups. That's great. Now, Tanya, I want to ask you the same question I asked Chacha. What do you picture for yourself after graduation in three months? What would you like to do, or do you have a specific direction you'd like to head in? Well, currently, I am an LPN in the inpatient rehab unit at Christa St. Vincent Hospital. I've been working in that unit as a rehab assistant until I got my LPN. So I've been in that unit for almost four years. And it's really gratifying to work in rehab because you get to see patients getting better and you get to work with them on you know, their ADLs and really being safe at home and being able to go home instead of a skilled nursing facility, although sometimes they do have to do that. Um, in the long run, I may end up, um, well, I intend to go to a master's program, or now I guess nurse practitioners in New Mexico have to have a PhD, so that's what I'm looking at. Um, I need, I still need to wrap my brain around that bit, but I've worked, I was a teacher for 19 years, and so I really like children, and I worked in children's psychiatric um, at the very beginning of my teaching career. And I enjoyed that work. I enjoyed it a lot, especially with the younger children. I appreciated working in psychiatric with children ages 4 to 12, which was also my specialty as far as teaching, was um, elementary school. And so that could be very interesting. I imagine. So interested in hospice. Who knows? Well, and it's interesting, Tanya, that you just, you talked about the, the doctoral level requirement. I, you know, I'm not savvy enough, at least in the New Mexico nurses or Board of Nursing, that is, to, to understand the requirement. I know in Colorado, it's still entry level really is an MSN, but there is a movement from the ANA to move toward this doctoral preparation as far as this standardization of education. So minimum requirement, they're pushing for BSNs uh, or BSN RNs just as that entry level point. And then you're right, the ANA is really pushing the doctoral level advanced practice nurses out there. That's correct. My mom is a nurse practitioner and she's been grandmothered in as as a family nurse practitioner with a master's degree. Um, She was in the first first graduating class that had prescriptive power from UNM. Now, I believe it's required in New Mexico that 
advanced practice nurses have a PhD, all the new advanced practice nurses. Wow, that's a tough row to hoe, isn't it? Well, it sure I, is. I believe that the graduating class of 2015 are they going to be the last um, nurse practitioners with a master's. Oh, okay. So it's kind of sunsetting now, to use the term that was talked about earlier today, right? Yes. Okay. So as far as we are concerned. Yeah. So Tanya, what's your final message? What would you like to say to nurses and nursing students listening today in terms of getting involved and being, we could say, activist nurses? What would you like to say to them? What could they do? What's one step they could take today? One of the biggest things that I think we need to remember as nurses is to take care of ourselves and to really remember that when we take care of ourselves, we're taking care of our patients. And if we can look at staffing levels and make sure that staffing within hospitals, within clinics, within different facilities is safe for our patients and safe for ourselves because our mental health and our physical health is important. And if we squander it, then we can't practice anymore. And that's sad. I know you can speak to that, Keith. (laughs) Well said. I couldn't say it better myself. Thank you. And that self-care is just so paramount. And I know in school, it's often hard to do that because you're so stretched to your limits. And as slightly older students, second, third career students, you might have families, children, older parents to take care of. You might have incredible levels of responsibility aside from your nursing school responsibilities. So hats off to you for for attempting to do this and graduating in just several months. Thank you. Thank you. Jan. And Chacha, how about you? What would you like to say in terms of those nurses who might take a step to do something beyond just nursing practice? Well, I was thinking one thing I wanted to, would like to say that doesn't really address that. I'd like to address the SNA. Um, I would, nursing school on a daily basis tends to go by very slowly and painfully, but it actually happens very fast. And I think it's important to get involved with SNA early, your, your first year. Um, it's because we got elected officers and then it's, uh, it's gonna, almost over with. So uh, I, I would encourage um, students to get involved with SNA early and because the exposure and the networking is uh, very gratifying. I think that's great advice, Chacha. Well, Tanya and Chacha, thank you so much for spending just your few minutes here. And I know time is precious, especially when you're in nursing school. Time is precious. It's a precious commodity because you don't have a lot of it. So I just wanted to thank you. I'm so glad that I met you in person here. And Keith and I, I know we both wish you well. And I know you're going to pass those NCLEX uh, exams. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you both. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So next up, I personally think we've got a real spitfire here. And I am already missing Fran. And of course, you're going to get to know Fran here in just a moment. But I am just so glad to be introduced to Fran because she is a true advocate for the student nurse out there. And it sounds like we're spending a lot of time you know, around these student nurses. But again, Keith, we're always talking about that this, these ideals, these practices, the, the paradigm shift, these changes have to occur during the education process. I mean, we've got to start right there in the beginning if we can. And because we're always talking about lateral violence and bullying and just feeling 
disempowered in nursing. And that's not the way to be. That is not what we are about. We are advocating to feel empowered and to be a part of this paradigm shift. And again, we're always stressing that it's got to start during this educational process. And I just love the fact that Fran really is an amplifier to get these student nurses excited and engaged in this legislative process. That's right, Kevin. Fran is absolutely amazing. She is a force to be reckoned with here in New Mexico. She's done incredible work and she's actually a living treasure here in New Mexico. And she'll talk about that a little bit. So let's listen into Fran. She is very inspiring. I know you miss her and, and I'll try to see her soon and send her your regards. Well, I appreciate that, Keith. And definitely I'm going to be down in Santa Fe, I'm sure, in the near future. And I'll give her my own regards. And we're here in Santa Fe, New Mexico at the New Mexico Nurse Association Capital Day Conference with nursing students. And we're with Fran Ahern Smith, who is actually the Student Nurse Association Coordinator for the New Mexico Nurses Association. So Fran, we know you had a big hand in making this day happen. How does it feel to have the day behind you? I'm always so excited about these days because... I've been doing legislative advocacy for over 25 years with the Nurses Association here and being coming, Capitol Challenge is that old. And every time I take students to the Capitol and I see their eyes open about what actually goes on and what power they can have and that they do have a voice, it always makes me very, very excited to be a nurse and to see who's coming up through the ranks. I think it's a great opportunity, Fran. And, and I said earlier, I don't think you were in the room at the time when we were uh, interviewing a couple of students in that from a University of Colorado standpoint, I'm an alum there. That's where I got my BSN. And I didn't have that opportunity or I at least wasn't given that opportunity. Maybe I should have been more proactive about taking that opportunity, which looking back now, I should have been more proactive. So all the students out there, if your SNA and your nurses association there are not co sort of combining efforts with these conferences and getting you to the Capitol, getting you to these legislative, your members, then be proactive and do it on your own. But I think it's really exciting because the student nurses, I mean, Keith, we were there and they were pretty excited about it. And we actually just bumped into members just randomly in the hall or just right there. And so I just want to applaud your efforts in really getting that together because we need to start with the students. Oh, absolutely. And I think we don't, when I teach nursing, I've had students write a letter to the editor, write a letter to their congressperson or assembly, per, whatever it is, because that gives them a voice too. And then talk about the other fact that they can actually come. There were students today that have never been to the roundhouse here. So that was very exciting for them to know that. And even when there weren't committees, we took them and found them, you know, so they could meet with legislators and and say hello, and some of them got hugs because the legislator knew them and so forth. So I think they're quite excited. Legislators want to know what nurses think because they don't have that background. And a lot of time the bills come through and they say, well, I don't know anything about nursing, but there are senators and people at the roundhouse who want to have a nurse actually speak to them once a year or more than that so they can find out what's really going on. That's that's right. I did meet and interview Senator Ortiz Pino, who's a former social worker, and Representative Deborah Armstrong, who's a former physical therapist, I believe. So they have that healthcare history. I know that there are several senators. There's one on the Republican side who's a practicing doctor. So we have 
several healthcare providers who are in the legislature right now, which is very exciting, whatever side of the aisle they happen to be on. And in terms of the students you've seen come through this process, the Capital Challenge and the Student Nurse Association and cavorting with the New Mexico Nurses Association, can you think of a story of a student who you've seen come through this process and then get really active with the NMNA and start really lobbying and being involved in the process? I think, yes, actually. One of the people that's now on the NMNA board, Gloria Doherty, um, she came to Capital Challenge as a student and, and I had done some presentations on what you do and so forth. And she was very, very excited about it. You know, sometimes you don't remember how you touch people's lives. She's told me this story that it made such a difference for her to come. And now she's on the board and she's getting her doctorate and has been legislative, very legislative active last year with a couple of bills that were compromising what nurses already do and, and being here and doing that. So, and I'm sure there's many, many more because besides working for the New Mexico Department of Public Health as a director of nursing for men, for 15 years, I also was teaching students um, and so they, a lot of them, I see them come and, and it's very exciting to say, oh, that was my student. Look what she's doing now or he's mm-hmm. doing now. Right. I think it kind of creates a sense of empowerment because, you know, in the nursing world, I feel in the, as a profession, Keith and I often talk, Fran, about disempowerment and nurses really feeling like we don't have a voice. And I know that we're going to be talking about that, he and I, uh, tomorrow at, at, you know, continuing on with the conference with the nurses. But I, I just, like I said before, I love the fact that you're starting that with the student nurses because there is this sense of the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, regardless of age or background or whatever, that they're really excited to get out into that nursing profession. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of gets deflated along the way. And I feel like this really sets them up for success. This really kind of gets them to a place where, you know what, I can be empowered. I can make these decisions. And no matter what's going on at work, like, I just... I see what's happening here at the legislative level and I can start small, like even in my own organization and move outward to the Capitol and those, those representatives. So I just like what you're doing. For some people, I don't even think that they realized that there were issues that they could speak on, you know, that, that, that just because they're a nurse, Oh, do I have a voice? Can I say something about this, you know, about bike helmets or, behavioral health or the disability folks and, you know, all of these things that are going on um, and for people who can't speak for themselves because we've had experiences with them and we know what's really going on and if legislators don't. And so that, that's the surprise for them. And even budgets and, you know, some people are very bound by the budget. And with the nursing shortage, it's been a real difficulty for all states, but in ours in particular, because the average age of the nurse, I think, is something in New Mexico, something like 52. And that's changing, but you've interviewed students today who are, this is second, third careers for them, not the first career. So the, they're not young. And so we have to keep making sure that there's money available for loans and, and for scholarships and other kinds of things and faculty. Great point. Now, before we finish up, Fran, I know you were named a nursing treasure in 2014. Can you just tell us about that? We, we need to brag, or we need you to brag about it. The New Mexico Center for Nursing Excellence, which was founded, mm, I don't know, 
many years. There's some discre- discrepancy about the year it was founded, but anyway, I was the first president of the board and helped found that organization. And then we decided to do something to honor nurses. And there's, there's an event in October that's called um, the Nurse Excellence Awards. And every year, over 800 people come from all over the state. Every category of nurse is honored. And then there are legends chosen. And I was one of the nursing legends of last year. And it was a great honor, Um, probably for a lot of the work that I did in advocacy and things that I did outside of the nursing profession, not just in it. I've been on boards and... You know, my, I'm on my neighborhood association board. I, I'm on the Albuquerque Santa Fe Opera Guild board. I mean, just, I do a lot of things. I'm a docent at the National Hispanic Cultural Center. So we can do so many things, and it influences what we do and, and our voices and, and makes us a, have a broader scope of life. Right. It really kind of speaks to what we often talk about, not just the, the, the diversity of nursing, but the multidimensional aspects of nursing that, you know, you can have your clinical practice, but you can be involved in so many other facets within your community to help build awareness about not only what you do as an individual, but as a brand for nursing and and that you, like you said earlier, we do have a voice and yes, we can speak on these issues because the public is looking for that nursing opinion. Sometimes they just don't know that that's what they're looking for. We kind of have to insert ourselves and take they the, need it. Yeah, they have yeah. to take we have to take those opportunities, not necessarily be given those opportunities. We just need to seize those opportunities. Right, exactly. Like we said today during one of our talks, insinuating ourselves into the conversation. And nurses need to do that. And you're an inspiration. You've been doing that for many, many years, decades. And you're now inspiring younger nurses, newer nurses, whether they're second career, third career, or first career right out of high school, you're inspiring them to become legends themselves. And yes, and in this state, in New Mexico, the diver- you know, I'm a minority because I, I'm non-Indian, I'm not Hispanic, but I learned so much from people and I'm doing so much to raise the consciousness of needing more nurses that represent the population of this state. And that's one of my goals, and I continue to be a proponent for that. In fact, recently the the New Mexico Native American Indian Nurses Association, and that's um, I've been working with them for a long time, and they changed their bylaws so I could be a non-Indian on their board, and that was just a real big honor for me. Well, that's great. You deserve all the honors you've received, and we're honored and privileged to have a New Mexico nursing legend on RNFM radio. And it's such a pleasure to speak with you. And thank you so much for everything you've done for nurses in New Mexico and nurses throughout the country. So thank you. Well, thank you for what you're doing to put the voice out there for the nurses. This is just a remarkable thing for me to even learn about. At, because in my when I started my career, I wouldn't even have known that this was a possibility to tweet from the Capitol. <laughs> Exactly. Well, we're basically the nursing voice amplifier here. So we're glad to be a part of that. Wow. Well, I'm proud of you too. Thank you. Afrana Hearn-Smith, thank you so much. Well, Keith, as I always like to say, if you didn't get anything out of today's show, then you need to hit that rewind button or go back or whatever and really soak this in. I hope that today's show has at least inspired you out there. All of you listening who want to make a change, who want to affect change, especially 
in the legislative process. Now, I know that there's this dark cloud, this sort of doom and gloom over politics. But the thing is, is that if we have more nurses involved in this process, we need to use the equity of nursing as, as again, per the, the Gallup polls, the number one trusted profession in the country. We need to take that, that brand equity of nursing and, and put that into the political process because we always hear that politicians can't be trusted, that change really isn't going to happen. It's just going to sit, this bill's going to sit in, on someone's desk forever and it's not going to pass. Well, again, we're here to advocate for nurses. We're here to advocate for our patients. And if we, if we get involved on, on various levels throughout this legislative process, then we can together move that needle. We certainly can, Kevin. And hopefully you'll be coming back down here again to meet with some of these folks, even just not for a podcast, but also just to hang out and chat and see what else the nurses are up to in New Mexico. And hopefully next year in 2016, we'll be back for the Capital Challenge Day and we'll be talking with more of the nurses and nursing students who are, who are lobbying and really leaning into this legislation legislative process. But really, we just want people to walk away from this feeling like there's things happening. There's nurses and nursing students out there who are fired up. They're pumped up. They're trying to make a change, trying to make a difference. And it's just a very exciting process. So Kevin, this has really been wonderful. Thanks for being in Santa Fe. And there's just no telling where this information will go and who it will impact over time. Right. Well, and as always, we like to say, you got to go out there. I want you all to practice at the top of your license, be the best that you can possibly be and continue moving that needle for nursing. Let's collect our voices together and let's amplify. So until next time, we'll, we'll hit you right back here at RNFM Radio.